everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. I am Monty. And I am Mary. Welcome to our show. Hi. Mary, how are you? I'm good. Fantastic. I'm so happy to see you. So am I. It's been... It's been, it's been too long. It's been busy, but every time I come back here, it feels like it's just yesterday. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's nice. That's I what, love that. That's what partnership and friendship is about. That's right. That's right. I do enjoy that. The double M action. Quite a bit. <laughs> and we're in a nice new atmosphere today, right? This, this brand new environment that I cannot stop looking at the walls <laughs> and walking into this room. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, we are in headquarters. Mary headquarters is where we're at today. <laughs> recording this song and uh yeah it's nice to have you here i appreciate it it is not it is not a joke when she says music is a piece of her because it is a piece of every single part of these walls (laughs) that she's that she lives in and uh it's pretty fantastic. Well, thanks, Monty. I appreciate it. We're yeah. sitting right next to a really neat piece that Monty got That's me, right. actually. What's, right. Who's that artist again that did this? I don't remember his name. It's really amazing piece of the Beatles that Monty got me at the last, at FanFest? Fan, no, at Comic-Con or, last year. Yeah, okay. I held on to it there for it a long time before I uh, It's beautiful. I it's one of it my favorite you. pieces. I, I think it looks pretty good. Um, I'll find out his name and I'll mention his name because yeah, uh, he's a pretty talented out. dude. I, I just can't re- recall right now. Anyways, um, speaking of FanFest and Comic-Con, um, Arizona has a Comic-Con. And it takes up a lot of Mary and I's time, um, which prevents us from sitting down and having conversation <laughs> like we're having today. But nonetheless, this uh, this event has turned into something that is... A piece of like Arizona culture almost. For sure. It is yeah. so big, yeah. so many people. And I always tell people I'll never get mad about Comic Con because I think it offers an opportunity for people who have very, very unique interests to go and be with other people who have those same unique interests. The place that really doesn't have a whole lot of judgment from other people. Yeah. And really kind of opens this great discussion of like, it's okay to like weird things, it's okay to like things that maybe other people don't like. Not really weird. Weird's a bad term, but it's a good place to just be around people that you like and enjoy the same things you like. There's a lot of moments, you know, that's the thing I've also talked about with Comic-Con in Phoenix and, you know, that I never feel alone. I never feel like an outsider. I feel like, you know, really what it, it solidifies more is that we don't want to say weirdos, but like outsiders and people that are creative and think Mm -hmm. outside of these dynamic things because that's where ideas start and inspire so many other things because in the evolution of where we are now 2017 i mean the the blockbuster movies are based on comic books and Mm -hmm. we all know that culture from growing up and like even the beginning of this comic-con era what it is now versus what it was is a whole different thing And as, if you keep your eyes on the prize and know that it's about art and artists first and people want to express themselves with their outfits and who they connect to, you know, we've yeah. talked about this a lot, like why I love the Incredible Hulk the most, why he's exactly. my man, like yep. since I was a child, it's because he expresses something, my emotions of anger and fear and sadness mm-hmm. and managing that and helping other people at the same time. It, it it lets you get that out and yeah. be among your people. And also it, it, it kind of brings into a, a great, a, you know, like an identifier with you that though uh, when Mary on the outside is a pleasant person, when you make her mad, she turns into a big <laughs> green man and will stomp the it's shit out of you. It's real weird. <laughs> yeah. I think, Monty, like literally there was a year of my life where I only drank green Kool-Aid. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, Speaking of uh, of heroes, comic book heroes, superheroes, whatever you want to identify it as, uh, heroes I think uh, play you know they play a huge role in our popular culture today. Um, every month it seems like we're getting a new superhero something, um, yeah. Marvel, DC, uh, even all the way down to television. You know we invite them into our homes every day um, for some of these television shows. But on top of that, you know. Back in when Monty was younger, I was a I was a comic book kid, mm-hmm. and I loved uh, going to the comic book store to pick up new comics. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to this place called a uh, Pulp Comics. Um, it's no longer there anymore, but it was uh, on uh, Bethany Home Road. Was there for many many years, and the owner was nice enough to let me 
kind of come in there and read some of the classics. Um, and a lot of times he had, uh, uh, you know, he didn't have originals or mm-hmm. they did have originals. They were, you know, behind steel doors. But uh, he would let me come in there and read a lot of the graphic novels and never get mad at me about it. So I, I was always appreciative of him because a lot of times that's how I got to that's learn these cool. origin stories. But growing up, uh, Spider-Man was uh, was my dude. He still is my guy. guy. And uh, when uh, Sam Raimi, who is uh, my one of my favorite horror movie directors, decided that he wanted to do Spider-Man for me, that was uh, two of my worlds colliding <laughs> really hard. And then the fact that um, I'm a huge Doc Ock villain fan when Doc Ock and Spider-Man met up and Sam Raimi was doing it and he made it feel like an Evil Dead film. Oh, man, I... I love that movie, actually. I yeah. really, you know, I a still, lot of people give it flack, but it's, I yeah. really enjoy that movie. I still put it up there as one of the best ones. Yeah. So, uh, I love the new Spider-Man, yeah. by the way. Oh, my God. That yeah. kid... The Tom Holland? Is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Mary, can you uh, give me, like, your top five... Uh, let's go uh, top five comic book people. Okay. And then let's go top five comic book movies. Okay. People-wise... And well, it's you, funny because we're do talking people about first, it first, and then I'll do my people, and then we'll give you time to think okay. about the movies. Um, I think well, it's funny because we talk about comic books. I didn't really get that chance when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I did have uh, Jughead. Like, yeah, that's the comic book that I remember from being younger. But mostly, I remember the newspaper, like yeah. going to the funnies and reading that. Mm-hmm. So if I think about it, um, do you, do you watch Riverdale? No, I haven't. Oh man, I've, you I've would heard love good it. Things, I think it's. It's a mix of 90s Melrose Place and kind yeah. of that, that smutty, like, <laughs> smutty TV in the 90s with, uh, right. with Jughead and with but a comic book theme. It's it, really good. Yeah, it kind of looks like 90210 yeah. to me, like a weird version of that. Um, but then I'm thinking of just my childhood, like Richie Rich and yeah. Jughead. Um, but I wasn't really into comic books, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the characters more. Because when I was a kid, my introduction to the Hulk was the television show. So Mm -hmm. to me, that was... And then Star Wars. So it wasn't like... And that's not even a superhero or a comic book, obviously, but... They're heroes, though. Characters. And the the archetype of a hero and someone who Mm -hmm. saves another person. Um, Spider-Man's big. Actually, and funny enough, if we're thinking... I'm kind of like mixing my things up here, but comic books and or uh, newspaper funnies... Peanuts, you know, like the Red Baron to me comes to mind as yeah. one of an outstanding animated character for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but it's it's not necessarily a hero, but the uh, like I said, the archetype of a, a hero is in my brain. Yeah. And when it comes to films, I could probably do it a little bit better, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, and just thinking about what we need, we've talked about this before that as a society, because we deal with a horrible world why we need these films and what they express for us in a world gone mad, you know, in a world world, gone mad, you know, like to each person has their own fear and the way that they can overcome it through these characters, I think is one of the best things. What we talk about with the culture of, of Comic-Con and why people are so into it, you know, obviously there's a capitalistic side and lots of people want to make money on the big blockbusters Mm -hmm. and stuff, but at the true meaning when you are with your friends and seeing fun things. You can talk to a stranger you know, yeah, at any moment. Definitely. And it's connection. So Definitely. Anyway, I kind of went no, off your no, question there. That that's <laughs> a, you know, that's a great assessment of uh, heroics, heroism mm-hmm. in the world today. Um, the, uh, the, comic, or the comic characters that I, I love you know, are, are going to be your quintessential comic book people. Um, number one, of course, is Spider-Man. Number two, I was a huge Batman guy. Um, mm-hmm. I read a lot of DC Batman stuff. Uh, number three, uh, I was a huge Iron Man fan as well, Ooh. too. I thought Iron Man was a was a really interesting character. Uh, number four uh, would probably be the Constantine series, oh, yeah. which was a Dark Horse comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's alternatively known as the Hellblazer comics. Mm-hmm. But uh, Constantine, the character, I just thought was was just a, a, a force. You know, like it was just like, a, you know, kind of this guy battling supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't even mind the movie. I think the Constantine, the movie with Keanu Reeves, is actually pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter Stormeyer plays the devil in that movie, and I think is probably one of the best visual devils or uh, visual representations of the devil that you can get. He's just so like non-threatening, but also like at the same time, you, you know that underneath all that smile and grin is uh, is the evil guy. Um, and then my number five, uh, 
you know, I probably to round it out, I really, really enjoyed a lot of the uh, the team, like Team Avenger kind of thing and mm. stuff like that. But you like Team Titans, too? yeah, Team Team Titans, Titans. I thought was cool. I always thought those were really good, but you know, if I was gonna have to break it down, it, it, I'd probably go back a little bit to the Marvel Universe and so many <laughs> that's a, a hard thing um yeah are you done with like x-men more I than did, i did like the, avengers? Wolver the wolverine stuff mm -hmm. um i read x-men before i read avengers mm. um i'd probably say the the wolverine series especially when he got older when he became old man logan and stuff like that i think that was uh no i take it back i take it back scratch that we're gonna go number five i'm gonna go with the watchmen yeah. um uh that whole series, I think, was like my maturation into like, oh, comics can be more mature. Comics can have a different theme. Yeah, that was so, so that's the 80s and dealing with a lot mm -hmm. of like uh, Cold War issues mm -hmm. and environmental issues, environmental right? Environmental issues, yeah. yeah. And then issues on a, uh, just kind of social commentary as well, too. Like, you know, the world they live in is always a little, little murky and not so nice mm -hmm. to people. I think uh, The Watchmen really kind of encapsulated that, that mm -hmm. world and kind of gave it a, Give it an, an an idealism about you know here's the world that these people are living in, and they are heroes, but they are susceptible to the faults of man, kind of thing. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. Like you can become a hero, you yeah. know. It's it's a weird word that can be used in a bad way, yeah, or applicable in weird odd ways. Mm -hmm. But definition of hero is you know. Monty, I think I've called you my hero a few times. <laughs> like, you're my fucking hero, dude. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for well, helping. You long, know? long before <laughs> I was ever in the picture, I always looked up to Mary in the, in the community. And uh, I still remember the first interactions kind of being not starstruck, but just like, man, I'm, <laughs> oh, Monty. I'm meeting someone that, I, that I look up to a lot. And, you know, it's so funny because Mary and I probably met numerous times before we even knew right. each other. Um, because I'm pretty sure I spent a lot of time in that Virgin Megastore. <laughs> and you were there. A and lot I was of the times. Virgin Mary. Yeah. yeah. And speaking so, of heroes, right? Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of heroes, yeah. Um, and that was, uh, that was definitely, I'm sure you gave me many recommendations and guided me. I hope I did. In some way, shape, or form to where I am to now musically. Um, so today, everybody, we're going to talk about heroes, um, both in the theme, um, but also in the character as well, too. So, um, our, our songs that we're going to pick today will will fall in line with uh, with songs about heroes, or maybe songs with hero in the title, or maybe songs about certain heroes that we talk about today in the comic book sense, or maybe in other realms. But before we do all of that, I, you know, you can't talk about heroes without taking a moment to uh, really pay respect to the real heroes that are out there. Yeah. So, shouts out to our public service people and uh, our our military people out there for really being the the true the true heroes in this world that we're living in and uh yeah we just um had a combo thing of like phoenix comic-con and memorial day weekend mm -hmm. and so yeah thinking about you know definitely like i said those that help us get through it in reality yep and, definitely. and those that help our creative psyche get through it as well exactly definitely so without further ado, Mary, go ahead. What's your first one? Ooh, I didn't i'm excited about this one um we, so fyi we didn't really even talk about our comic book movies i know that's so what i was thinking. i can go first because i know <laughs> i know this up pretty well and i'll let you go is that cool okay before yeah. we start so yeah uh, i would say my number one um overall favorite comic book movie is uh the captain america mm. um winter soldier winter soldier everybody loves that one it's probably my number one my number two is probably uh spider-man 2 the raimi one um with doc ock is probably my number two my number three uh Dark Knight Rises. Mm, yes. Uh, my number four, original Batman. My number five. Uh, I'll put in uh, that first Avengers movie. No, mm -hmm. yeah, first Avengers. Yeah. Uh, that's where I lead into because that first Avengers movie to me was the best thing. Yeah. I was so excited for that and to get to see a new version of a Hulk. Yep. In mm -hmm. that, um, which I think. Mark Ruffalo is such a good Hulk. He's so good, yeah. He's perfect for it. So I really enjoy that. Um, the first Batman movie. Yep. Uh, that was formative. I remember that summer and reading the book and then watching the movie, and it was a sold-out thing, and it was yep. just one of those moments where it was like, this is amazing. Um, I think 
it's really hard for me because there's been multiple Hulks and there's very, and I'm just going to keep talking about the Hulk apparently. So I like the Ang Lee for its weird, like interesting, like meditative, like yeah. meditative. Um, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, it, it feels like a film strip that's being yeah. ruined. Mm-hmm. You know, those moments they had in the yep. creativeness and that's what I see as paint drops and like, come to life kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. I see mm-hmm. the comic book come to life. Um, so there's three off the top of my head. Like I said, I did like the Spider-Man movie yeah. a lot. But I'm trying to like harken back to childhood, and I yeah. really can't think of anything besides Batman. I liked Adventures in Babysitting with Thor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, Tank Girl. Tank Girl with oh, Laurie yes. Petty is a comic yeah, book uh, that's right. one. Ghost World is another comic book one. Oh, I love Ghost one. World. Ghost yes, World if I great. can put that in there as yeah. one of my five. Count. I think they aren't yeah. necessarily superheroes, but they are comic book mm-hmm. movies. Um, that one was really good reflection of that movie, of, yeah. the, of the books, too. Yeah, Ghost World was fantastic. American mm-hmm. Splendor is another one as well, too. Oh, that was I a love comic American strip. Splendor, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, unfortunately, there's not, a, there's not very many good representations of female superheroes with superpowers. No. I mean, um, I we like had Electra and Catwoman and Supergirl with Helen Slater back in the day. But yeah. You know, yeah. those movies all kind of felt yeah. like they were paying homage or not paying homage, but, you know, they were there. But we all knew like who the real superhero was mm-hmm. and almost had that awful effect. Like, yeah, yeah Supergirl's here, but in this world, Superman lives and Electra's d- here, but in this world, Daredevil lives, you know. Right. I like the um, uh, the X-Men, the the one, the return one. Why yeah, can I think um, of it? The uh, young one. X-Men. Uh, first Class. First Class, yeah. X-Men yep, First Class, I really like. really good. That, um, you know, X-Men has really good, strong female characters. Mm-hmm. They do. You know. Um, Storm is a great a great character. Jean Grey mm-hmm. is a great yeah. representation. Yeah, Jean Grey, I think, and Raven, you know. Yeah. I think all of those female. They're stronger. They're not, they're less uh, cleavage and booby yeah. in X-Men. They're more strong. Well, even the, even Rogue has kind of uh, her moments um, mm-hmm. when she's not doubting herself so much, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, with that said, you know, there there uh, there is a great representation of a female lead character now, and her name is Wonder Woman. I can't wait. And uh, the movie is, uh, I've seen it already. It's fantastic. I really, really enjoyed primarily how they represent the female character mm-hmm. and I think above anything else, that's that's really the mark for that movie, regardless of maybe some of the faults. But um, for me, it's seeing that female character really dominate and not needing... Well, it's called Wonder Woman. I yeah, hope she dominates. Exactly. And not needing... <laughs> it under, it's not necessarily one of those things, too, where she doesn't need men. Men are there, mm-hmm. but men are playing really what they should be doing in, in most occasions, which is playing really strong supports mm-hmm. for a female character. And they never doubt her. And that's a, that's the part that I think that's really, awesome. you know, is, is really interesting. I've so I've got a T minus a couple hours till I watch it here. So definitely. I'm so excited. let's, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and break into our list. We have, uh, about 10 songs for you today. And, uh, I think we picked some good ones. Go ahead, Mary. <laughs> so speaking of wonder woman, there's a, I mean, if you think about the history of Tina Turner, Oh yeah. I mean, think about her life growing up, mm-hmm. her relationship with Ike Turner, getting the shit beat out of her, you know, like we all know the story of Tina Turner and then her her in like incredible music during the eighties. And that was my first impression. You know, I probably knew Proud Mary when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. like the eighties Tina Turner, she's just like, Oh my god, who is this woman? She looks like a lioness and yeah. she's incredible and so we can go into Mad Max, which was also a. It was a graphic novel, or is this? Or was Mad Max an original, original film? Original film, I believe. Okay. Yeah, but it lends itself to those characters mm-hmm. and uh, um, and a female strong lead in a film. Yep. In a big film like that, where it is mostly men, you mm-hmm. know, and she run bar to town. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And on a side note. We call the office work the Thunderdome. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is actually one of it's a it's a great thing because it's about we don't need another hero. Yeah, we don't need to know the way home. Like this is about taking care of your own, um, mm-hmm. and hero being something like false, a false hero. Mm-hmm. To me, that's how I see it or hear it. But it's just it's a powerful song about a woman who runs <laughs> Barter Town, <laughs> so, and the film aspect is even better so here's Tina Turner we are the children the last generation the last generation we are the one 
can't go wrong with Tina Turner in that song. I think uh, that, especially for that soundtrack, it means so much yeah. uh, to that soundtrack as a whole. And then you fast forward, you know, about 20-something years later, and you get a new Mad Max, and you get a really a film that isn't about Mad Max. It's about Furiosa it's about and Charlize Theron's yeah. uh, character. Um, and it, it has this wonderful female quality that they yes. have going on in it, and I think that's really... yeah. Was a nice. I love that film. I love that film, and that I really agree. That's one Mm -hmm. of the best uh, strong female leads. I mean, the trio. There's multiple women in that that are just incredible. Mm -hmm. So, Um, so going back to uh, the '80s, late '80s, um, and the original Batman movie uh, that was done by um, Tim Burton and starred Michael Keaton. Uh, that soundtrack uh, for that movie is interesting because <laughs> yes, it is. You have uh, a film that was scored by Danny Elfman, mm-hmm. and then you had a soundtrack that was done by Prince. And I think when you're talking about that movie and how how that movie kind of reinvigorated the tran the the landscape for comic book films. Oh my God! Yes. Um, you have this visionary director. You have this, you know really complicated hero. Yeah. Um, And then you have, uh, you know, you put them in this world together with the Joker, probably one of the the best performances of a, from a character, you know, in the, in the nineties and the, or the eighties. I mean, you know, Jack Nicholas's uh, performance of the Joker is is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have Prince who feels kind of like a, 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 an out, an outside choice for a film. But then you listen to his whole album, that soundtrack, and it's phenomenal, I love man. That it album. is so yeah. good. A lot of people give it a lot of shit, you know, because it doesn't fall into the usual Prince thing. Yeah. But I think it's wonderful, but and it showed his, um, you know, he's Prince. He can do anything, yeah. and, and he, he had and a was, chance to have some fun, too. And it was so. Prince serving the film mm-hmm. as well, too. Like, it wasn't yes. Prince being Prince. It was Prince saying, okay, I'm making a Batman soundtrack. How's that going to sound? Mm-hmm. And... When you think about that movie, you, you, you can't go too far without thinking about Bat Dance. <laughs> it's and, true. And uh, there's something this about that song. This town needs an enema. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the fact that, 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 that vi- the music video for that is so good with, yes. you know, Prince as the Joker, you know, yeah. in, a lot of that, in a lot of that thing and, you know, the full dance number that they get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just outstanding. And Bat Dance was, uh, was a song that I think made me go out again and by the soundtrack. Um, yeah, I think... After seeing that movie. Well, we talked about, you know, that is really one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. I love that because I read the book. And now that you're talking about it, this means that I read the book, mm-hmm. saw the movie, saw the videos on MTV, bought the cassette, yeah. and, like, we were in it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that was the summer of Batman. And, I mean, the video is iconic, and he looked, you know... He was the purple one, so he already had that Riddler Joker thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> and Prince is a magnanimous, amazing artist. Yeah, so definitely. He can get away with a lot. <laughs> so here's Prince off the 1989 soundtrack to the Batman movie. This is Bat Dance. Ever dance with the devil in the pale? I just like the sound of it. Another very important Batman dance. Okay. 
the Batusi. The Batusi. You, you're familiar with <laughs> the Batusi. Yeah, yes, we I haven't am. even talked about Adam West <laughs> doing the Batusi. So I think that's one of the best moments of pop culture in America. Oh, totally. Like, totally. I love that Batman. Yeah. 60s Batman is like a. It's like watching a painting come to life. So it if is, we talk definitely. about you know comic books really coming to life, to me that was. That was the other color spectrum because we had green with the Incredible Hulk in my head and blue with Batman. And, you know, as a kid, you're way into that. That's hook, line, and sinker. Definitely. That was, uh, (laughs) I remember uh, when I first saw that movie or that television show being just uh, kind of floored by how cheeky it was at times and how kind of like they embraced their comic, (laughs) the the comedy of it all. Yes. But also knowing that. You know, you had Burgess Meredith, you had yes. Adam West, you had all these like iconic people. Who's in that the movie. babe that plays the Joker? Um, what's that? Caesar Ramon. Caesar, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy's a babe. My mm-hmm. mom told me a story about when she was little with my grandmother. They went to the grocery store and they were, they were here in Phoenix, yep. and Caesar Romero was in the grocery store. And I guess my grandma like almost fainted she yeah. got total like she yep. got the vapors <laughs> she got the vapors <laughs> from Cesar Romero and I was like mom why didn't she ask him out that would have been a great yeah I mean no offense to my grandpa but <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I'm none, like, none at all what <laughs> that's awesome anyway uh speaking of the 60s uh my next choice is one of my all-time favorite songs I had I, anytime I hear this song I get happy and it makes my brain kind of Feel like it's doing exercises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. And uh, we haven't talked about Superman yet, really. Yet. I mean, neither one of us really put Superman as a high on our list, mm-hmm. but that was a big. I love um, uh, the Superman movies. Yeah. The, the the '80s ones are incredible to mm-hmm. me, and I love old old Superman because I I love Lucy. Like I was a big fan. Series? Yes, television okay. series of Superman from the '50s. I think is is a really really neat exercise in American history. Yeah. Because it was another situation where people are war, they're baby boomers and then into the Korean War into the 50s like Superman was a very important American figure. And so I chose Donovan's Sunshine yep. Superman which um and I think a lot of men uh associate with him. Uh-huh. Especially American men, but Donovan obviously is a yeah, and English men. You know all the Jerry Seinfeld stuff with Superman. I don't know. Um, well, you this know. song is fun too because you know what's the oh Superman? It, <laughs> Superman or Green Lantern? Oh. Green Lantern ain't got nothing on me. Like yep. when you're in power, I have no idea what this song's really about, but I love it. And the who sampled it? It's a really rad song oh, in yeah. the early '90s. Um. um or late, actually, no, it was the 2000s, right? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, I'm going to do yeah. some research while we listen to it. Just speaking um, of that, of the 50s, Superman um, mm-hmm. also falling into some crime aspects with George Reeves um, and his death. Oh, as that's well, right. Too. You know, that's I a, forgot about that. That was a huge, huge I forgot you know, about American, that. American crime thing, you mm-hmm. know? Totally forgot. Way to bring the history lesson back in. Slowly, blow your lips. 
drop that knowledge, that cover was done by Imani Coppola oh, wow. in 1997. Holy smokes. So it was right on the late 90s thing. Yeah. Um, Legend of the Cowgirl. Legend of the Cowgirl. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. Forgot about that, so. That's a deep cut. Apparently Mel Torme covered this in 1969, and I need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Lonnie Smith did as well. That's a lot of people. Husker Du. How did I not know Husker Du did this? A cover. Hmm. I wonder what that sound like. <laughs> huh. We're going to listen, but not yeah. right now. <laughs> um, so. Oh, hold on one second. I'm sorry. One little side note that I had no idea about this song. Jimmy Page is playing guitar on that track. No way. Wow. Yeah, that's neat. It's a random. And John Paul Jones on the bass. On the bass, too. That's a superstar lineup for Donovan. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Anyway. Um, so going away from uh, from the 60s and moving forward to the late 80s, um, everyone knows I'm a huge Metallica fan. Um, and you know, I grew up listening to heavy metal. And to me, when it came to my heavy metal heroes, Metallica for the longest time was still at the top of the mountain, and I'm no fault against them. I just think uh, over time, you know, I just they just went in a different direction than I was I, w- I wanted them to go, or uh, that interested me, you know. <clears throat> but uh, you can't deny some of their their albums, and Master of Puppets is uh, one of my favorite albums from them. But they tap into a theme with one of their songs called "Disposable Heroes," that I think uh, is the is what really fascinates me most about the hero genre, superhero genre especially, is uh, without without a proper villain, you can't have a good hero. And heroes and villains play the two different aspects of the world. And when you find um, a world so uh, so downtrodden with evil or injustice or whatever you call that bad stuff, uh, you start to get to this point where heroes doubt themselves. And I think my fascination with the Batman novels is where that came in because that's really one of the few novels where you can feel uh, Batman uh, doubting a lot of his abilities and you know, almost to an extent. Well, you know, he has no superhero powers. Correct, yeah. Yep. So. He's just a man yeah. you know, with, uh, with lots of money. Money, and, <laughs> money uh, is his power. Some that's... skills, you know, mm-hmm. if you will. But... Uh, you know, you start to at one point in time. Um, what you know, what the movie said. You know, Christopher Nolan's movie said, uh, "You live long enough until you become the villain." You know, and uh, I think there's uh, there's something pertinent to say about that, especially when you're dealing with uh, these themes. You know, social commentary that you're building in there. It's it's reflective of kind of how maybe some people feel in the world where they're trying to make a difference, and it feels like they're throwing rocks at a brick wall. And yeah. They start to feel disposable. They start to feel like, uh, you know, this, the discouragement of it all. Uh, but at the same time, they are still doing hero stuff. And, you know, I know that kind of doesn't isn't always reflected in the song that I picked, but Disposable Heroes is always one of those songs that when I hear it, it just feels like a, like a, it almost feels like an anthem for the villains. You know, like they're singing this song <laughs> about these disposable heroes. But at the same time, I always looked at it on the other side, like, okay, you need that person on the other side to do what is right in order to, for evil to, you know, have not, not win every day. You know, even if it's just something small, that hero needs to do something. So anyways, that's a lot of like this hefty seems... material for disposable heroes. <laughs> the song that I picked. But disposable heroes, that's like a, this is a significant track in all of music and especially oh, yeah. in metal. This is, I mean, I know I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but I know that this song is like, yeah, a metal person's like it has to be on the mix if you're making oh, a mix. Yeah, you totally. Know, so. You know, and it's not one of the popular songs off of Master of Puppets, yeah. but it's still one of the songs that people remember. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a line in there where he says, uh, "I was meant for dying," but he screams it, and there's like no line behind it. And that that was always my favorite song or favorite <laughs> part of that song. But uh, yeah, so uh, take an opportunity to listen to something maybe that's not an anthem for the heroes, maybe a little bit more for the, the villains. The anti-hero, definitely. <laughs> the Travis Bickles of the world, if you will. But that's a terrible example of anti-hero. But, <laughs> but uh, here is Disposable Heroes by Metallica.
Cheese ate honey, everybody. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big honey kick lately. Cheese ate honey. I am becoming one with my allergy. <laughs> becoming one with my allergy. I'm trying to help you, Monty. We'll I, see if it works. If he like goes into convulsions, sorry, guys. Correct. I've, get I'm the EpiPen. Get the EpiPen. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing an Ohio Players uh, album recreation over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting crazy, oh, everyone. Weird. We got the honey it's a out. Weird, but I am high anyway. off of high caffeine, <laughs> chocolate, and honey. I got all the sweetness here. Speaking of the opposite of sweetness, my next track is like a fucking punch in the gut. <laughs> punch in the gut. Are we still good? Yeah, we're good. Um, I don't know about you. Do you remember the first time you heard this song? I do. I do. It was... Like, uh, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. They really don't like each other. Yep. They are something. They are upset. Well, knowing the relationship, but the first line of it, as soon as you're born... Yeah. <laughs> you know, they make you feel small. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about John Lennon's Working Class Hero from 1970, the Plastic Ono Band. So this is his first solo album after the Beatles break up. Yep. And Working Class Hero as a song, like I said, is it just, there's, I remember being so upset the first time I heard it and really listened and knew that it was after all of this stuff. And John Lennon is a very uh, biting Man, yep. you know, he, he knows how to sear the heart. And especially when he was angry and trying to express things, Working Class Hero was in a... <laughs> there's so much to it. There's so much boldness to it, you know, and the fact that a working class hero really is something to be, and that's us, you yeah. know, that's everybody that I know, you know, we're all working towards something. And what I was going to say earlier, you said I was your hero, but yep. I think, you know, you need to understand, like, as a role as a father and a person that makes films and does, goes to work and you do everything. So you are a hero <laughs> <laughs> in the everyman sense. So I don't know what else to talk about with this album or this song, but uh, would, it's uh, a doozy. <laughs> if you could uh, make, uh, make every character, every Beatles uh, band member... Uh, a member of the Avengers, which one would they be? <laughs> That's a really good question. John oh. would probably be... So McCartney's definitely Captain America. <laughs> you think? Yeah. yeah. Ringo is probably best as... George is Silver Surfer. You don't think George is Thor? No. No? I just see him as Silver Surfer because... Or the... Or the, uh, the uh, Vision? The Vision, yeah. yes. So then, uh, then, then John would probably be Iron Man. No, it's too corporate. Mm. It feels like. Yeah, this is Monty. Hulk. The, uh, there's Hulk. a well. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Lennon would probably be Hulk. He probably would be. Or maybe it's the, all the vision, rage. Or maybe he's more the Vision, and then uh, um, Yoko is is uh, Scarlet <laughs> Witch. <laughs> I mean, he could be the the Riddler. You know. <laughs> If uh, but We're crossing uh, worlds but, now. Yeah, you said crossing Avengers worlds. worlds. Justice I don't know. League. This is tough. This is. This is something we have Because I wouldn't make Yoko own a Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. Okay. Oh, snap. Then they expect you to pick a career When you can't really function, you're so full of fear Working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be Keep it doped with religion and sex and TV And you think you're so clever and classless and free But you're still fucking peasants as far as I can see A working class hero is something to be So kind of 
life is life is hard. Yes, life that's is basically hard. Basically, what that song's so about. The funny part about this is like you know everybody's like yeah heroes woo heroes and we talked about you know we go now we've turned we turned a corner disposable heroes working class <laughs> heroes and now to the song that I'm getting to called short change hero, oh. which is by the group the heavy, which feels like something out of a spaghetti western. Maybe uh, this would be the theme for the man with no name, yeah, Clint Eastwood character. But um, this song just has such a like a, a somberness, but also an epicness, and you can kind of feel like the hero may have won, but along his journey, he lost a lot of people. You know, like mm-hmm. he he won, but it came with a lot of you know tragedy. Price to pay. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, I saw the heavy in in concert uh, here in town, and it was the weirdest concert I'd ever been to because. Uh, um, it was a, a demographic, a, a demographic of people that was seemed like from every walk of life. So he's yeah, awesome. Yeah. You band. had people that looked like they were R&B fans, mm-hmm. soul fans. Then you had people who just looked like they were rock and roll fans. Yeah. It's a combo group kind yeah. of thing. Like they're rock, but that guy's voice is so soulful. Yeah, definitely. So. But, uh, it was a, it was an interesting concert. I don't know necessarily if it was a good concert because it didn't sound like they did anything <laughs> new to any of their music, but it was still fun to watch them. But I remember this song, they turned off all the lights for it. They put a spot like right in the middle and there was no one singing the song until like, you know, he, I think he'd gone through like a verse before he finally peeked into the into the light. And it was a just a really well done, well done song. And uh, it's probably one of the, the newer songs that I've heard recently that really kind of has that... Yeah, you, you, you brought us into this decade. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, there is a there is kind of a Western quality about it, and it, it makes me think of the man with no name, who uh, probably was a hero of my dad's. You know, when it came down to uh, to film, and you know who he looked up to, Clint Eastwood was always someone that he just loved. And I know he was who the person who introduced me to the man with no name series, and really talked to, talked in reverence about that character, about look at what he's doing. You know, yeah, he may not make the best decisions, but he's trying to make the right decision, you know, and that's uh, that was always something that stuck with me. So here is a shortchange hero from the group The Heavy. This is off of their 19, uh, I'm sorry, their 2009 album, The House That Dirt Built. Probably the whole the the song that made me buy their album one, mm-hmm. um, and two made me go to their concert. So yeah, it's got yeah, it's like three songs in one. Mm-hmm. It really does have that Ennio Morricone. Yep, definitely beginning. Um, Could fit in a Sergio Leone movie easy. <laughs> what about Rigatoni? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you haven't heard any of my bad mm-hmm. jokes lately, and it's that's not even a, real. Uh, that's me reaching. I'm reaching. Maybe we'll, well. I think that one, I think we're gonna file that one. I've been holding out till now to talk about this song. Yes. You see what I just did there. Yes. Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> Do you remember 1984? Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> that was. You were a itty bitty. You were just itty bitty. Yep. I was seven, and so. You're still itty bitty. That's still itty yeah, bitty. Yeah, that's itty bitty. Yeah. That's a lot. But in 1984, this movie called Footloose came out. Indeed. Kind of a big deal. Big deal. <laughs> big, and big for deal. a child that lived in a small town, yeah, just like the small town in Footloose, with a bunch of people that were very religious and, um, you know, strict-ish. Everybody's wearing pastels yeah. and looking the same and, and lots of religion yeah. and... 
Dancing and, is the devil. Yeah, and then there's Mary, mm-hmm. who loves Madonna yep. and like a virgin mm-hmm. and dresses up. I dressed up like Madonna every Saturday and people would just be like, why is she dressed up? You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure people's thoughts were like, why did that lady let her child dress up like a whore? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> but so Footloose, the theme there was, you know, I had no idea when I was seven, but that's, that was a fun movie mm-hmm. and it felt like, where I was at the same time. But then, so Bonnie Tyler's song, Holding Up for a Hero, is on that soundtrack. That soundtrack is solid. That's an amazing... Yeah. I believe it follows Denise Williams' Dancing in the Sheets, which I also Mm -hmm. think is one of the best songs from the 80s because... It's a great one. It's just amazing. So, Um, But anyway, Bonnie Tyler's voice, you know, Total Eclipse of the Heart is another very incredible 80s song, just anytime I hear it. And then Bonnie's other hit single, I guess, would be this one, Holding Up for Here, There Was No Other. So Um, this is a weird one. Uh, It's it's very dramatic. It was like female meatloaf, you know. And it was, what's his face? Uh, What was the songwriter? That worked with Meatloaf on everything. Jim oh, Steinem, yeah, is that yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is a Steinem. Mm-hmm. That explains the theatrics yep. of it, you know. So. Anyway, here's Bonnie Tyler. these hero songs which was pretty difficult we had a we had quite a few on our uh on our list like yeah, my alternates list is pretty awesome yeah. but uh over the course of picking these songs i uh decided to take something out and put something in um because uh there's a there's a part of uh there's a part of the song that i i just didn't feel felt like a <laughs> like a superhero film or like a a superhero uh theme uh, so I want to give a quick shout out to my boy, Andrew, you know who you are <laughs> and, uh, let you know that at this moment in the podcast, I had black Superman by above the law in, in the mix, but I decided to take it out, um, for something more thematic. Uh, but, but just wanted you to know that when I was thinking about picking something, I was thinking about picking that for you. Shout out, bro. Shout out. <laughs> Shouts out. Shouts out to your brothers. <laughs> so that was for that was gonna be for you, but alas, I decided to go with something a little bit more thematic, and bring in a little bit of more of that new age hero themes that are going on. And uh, the last movie that I saw that really made me feel like, man, this is hero music was uh, was a movie called uh, uh, Drive, starring Ryan Gosling, yeah. and he very much is an anti-hero in that film. Not a nice dude, but he's trying to do nice things. Um, real quiet, keeps his own, um, helps people commit crimes a little bit, but <laughs> is also looking out for this woman in the film. And there's something that um, that I admire about those kind of heroes, kind of the quiet, silent types that are still going to do what's right uh, in the face of, you know, maybe, you know. They'll do right for the people that they love, correct. or do you think they'll do right by... The I think law. I think they'll. Know. I think they'll do right by the people that mean something to me. Even More, if that person asks you to do something horrible. I think to an extent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like they're they're looking out for maybe the human quality rather than the justice quality, <laughs> if you will. 
even though he taking does justice into your own hands. Correct. Yeah. Kind of thing. Definitely. Definitely. And don't why I don't why I don't condone that kind of activity, but uh, at the same time, this movie <laughs> this movie did a great job of making me think that Disclaimer. I should. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, during this movie, I was very conflicted with my views on that because uh, it was such a cool film, and uh, I think Ryan Gosling does a great job in this in this film, and he's a pretty talented talented actor. He's done quite a lot of different things. Yeah. I really liked him in the movie Nice Guys. I thought he did a good job as a like a bumbling detective, private private investigator. Oh, with, uh, with the Gladiator. Yeah, with the, with the Gladiator. <laughs> really overlooked film last year, but I really enjoyed it. And but Drive was one of those movies that scored real high for me when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. And partly because the soundtrack was so good. Another movie yes. that I went out right afterwards and got the soundtrack. Yeah. Mondo did a phenomenal release for this. Um, limited edition, of course. A vinyl LP for it, but it was f- fantastic. Really well well done and great great art that they had on it. But uh, the song that I picked today is uh, from the soundtrack, uh, and it is called A Real Hero by the group College. And uh, this album came out in 2011. And uh, this is off of the Drive soundtrack, and uh, I hope that you give this film a chance and uh, maybe drive around during your day playing this song in the background will make you feel like a, make you feel, make you feel uh, indestructible. hero mix that college song that college they remind me of the cults right as yeah. i heard it yep. or uh leaky lee leaky lee is that uh, how you say it i, I never know like how to, like i don't know how to say uh, anything norwegian <laughs> i've leaky decided yeah. my vocabulary and my tongue motions yep. with the atmospheres uh, of enya can't do it can't do it with the atmospheres of enya in the background but it's very indie mm-hmm it feels very. Uh, who did Drive? Who directed Drive? Directed was uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Oh, was he a new director? He was new at the time. The, f- the movie that he had before that was a movie called Valhalla Rising, which was okay. really good. He did a a series in the UK, and uh, yeah, he's now kind of the ick dude. Yeah, he did good. He's done some good. Would stuff. you consider him a film hero? Not not yet, <laughs> not yet. He has these. Who are your more. film heroes, real quick? Oh, easy. Kira Kurosawa, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, Sam Raimi, John Carpenter. Um, That's a lot. Truffaut. Um, style hero. Who style hero? Zach Morris. Kid and play. Food hero. Food hero, um, Masaharu Morimoto. He's Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. Um, you just like saying that name. Yeah. I bet that's it. Morimoto. <laughs> I love Morimoto. Musical hero. Oh, that's too many. That's I can keep many. doing this. Yeah. Uh, Beatles, <laughs> um, Metallica. Um, Laundry gosh, hero. <laughs> Miles Davis. Laundry hero. Uh, Bounty. Bounty You're makes my clothes. You're supposed to say your wife because so... she's amazing and helps you. Yeah, but Bounty <laughs> makes makes my uh, makes oh, my clothes so We're going to get a so commercial. This is yeah. not paid for by... If we're talking about like like heroes in general, yeah, my wife. Yeah, I, I look at yeah. heroes. A lot of heroes in my life are women. Well, yeah, we got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a lot of things in this life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I once had a person tell me, like with my experience and the opportunities I've had to meet people, musicians and things, a lot of people say... There, you're, you know, you're my hero. Mm-hmm. You're a musician, you know. And I've also, on the other side, seen a lot of people get disappointed and say, you should never meet your heroes. 
mm-hmm. which I don't think is a very healthy way to be yes. <laughs> in this life. No offense to anyone who idolizes or puts somebody into a heroic role without really understanding the person. What we talked exactly. about, like a hero on the face of things isn't necessarily a hero. It's it's such a broad, weird description. Mm-hmm. I think it should always be something that is personal to the person. Yeah. To personal to the person. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Just like... Yeah, but anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I don't like that phrase, never meet your heroes, because maybe you should. I agree. I, and I don't think even if they're, you know, they're not going to be, uh, living in a fantasy world is different than having real heroes yep. in this world, because I don't, you know, a superhero is a character, a hero is a person. I agree. So anyway, on that note, <clears throat> you and I could be heroes. Just for one day. Just for one day. <laughs> I don't know if there's any more iconic song about heroes and what it is to be human and here's a, elevate here's a hero, each other. Musical hero. Yeah. Yeah. David Bowie's Heroes is truly one of the best, most beautiful written songs yeah. sound-wise. Anytime you hear it, you know, it is giving us the power to be something more than you were before. And taking that to another level. Mm-hmm. And as I'm looking at things, I was five months old when this song came out, which is crazy to oh. think about. Like, it's iconic. Um, it was from the Berlin trilogy. Mm-hmm. So Brian Eno's, yep. you know. What, what Do you remember hearing this? I remember hearing it in film more than I remember Did you hear it, it or see it first? Because I remember the video being very, very um, impactful. Yeah, I, I heard know. it first before I saw the video. Hmm. That's interesting. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, there's no better way. There's another song that people probably have assumed that I would talk about as a hero's, like the best song about heroes, an everyday hero. But Yeah. This is really close. It's tied for second for my favorite hero songs. Enjoy. talked about him a lot mm-hmm. on this show but uh he's my hero and there's just something about him that i think uh looking back on the formative years of monty and music that helped me along the way figure things out from one step to the next step bowie was always that guy and uh, you know amongst many other people but bowie was one that i remember thinking to myself like this guy can do it all. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do anything he wants to Acting, do. Acting. Yeah. Singing. And uh, I, there was something I, I really admired Dancing. about that. But, uh, you know, in the 90s, when I was uh, discovering music, there was a, a band that Mary uh, just, I mean, anybody that knows Mary knows that she loves this band. <laughs> What's in your sight line right now that it, you can yeah, see, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, she... Uh, this is probably the band that has been played more than probably even the Beatles, which is pretty <laughs> amazing to say. Um, but it's the Foo Fighters, and it's an obvious choice when you know their catalog. But um, my hero is, uh, uh, you know, you can't do a hero compilation without no. talking about no. 
And I'm excited that, that you're talking about it yeah. instead of me going on I, and on again. I seldom get the <laughs> opportunity to talk about the Foo Fighters because uh, that's kind of Mary's ballpark. But, uh, you know, it's when this album came, ballpark. yeah, definitely. When when this album came out, it, it was a discovery. It wasn't a discovery. It was a recommendation. And uh, my my long, my friend that I've grown up with my entire life, uh, Justin, introduced me to this band on a road trip, I think, to a to a sports sports game or something like that. But he was driving, and I remember him playing this whole album. And I just remember leaving that car, saying, "Man, that was that was <laughs> a solid album." And uh, but my hero was the song that I remember f- seeing the video and seeing kind of the introduction to this band for me, at least, was that song. Yeah. And uh, hearing it play in this film, that for some reason it, it's not a very good film, but it played a it was like the real popular movie when I was in high school, but uh, Varsity Blues. Oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot about my Varsity Blues. My Heroes and Varsity Blues. And mm-hmm. that was like a huge movie for like mm-hmm. my high school. Everybody loved that movie. I still don't think it's a great great movie, but that song I'll, was I'll perfectly placed in there. It's <laughs> perfectly placed song in that movie. But um, hmm. uh, Foo is definitely a band that is still with me to this day. I don't get to, again, I don't get to talk about them uh, as often as I as I as I should on this show, but um, I'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, Mary will Mary will take care I'll of it. I'll be good on that. I'll, um, I'll help you out. But you know, a personal story about them that I think uh, for me is why this band is still very much a part of my life is the fact that it was twenty years later, I think, when they came out with an acoustic album that had uh, all of their hits on it, mm-hmm. and. Um, are you talking about Skin and Bones? Skin and Bones, yeah. Right. I'm sorry. The, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, off of Skin and Bones. Mm-hmm. And uh, what that was like, that was about 20 years, right? After? No, this oh, is... 2006, yeah, so maybe... Yeah, I was going to say, it's 11 like years 11 after. 11 years afterwards, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but definitely growing up and yeah, definitely. a decade later. Um, there was something about that movie, or the, about that, I'm sorry, that, that album that just really struck a chord with me. And there's something about a band that can do good acoustic um, that I think is a special quality. And that Skin and Bones album is definitely an album that showcases just how talented, you know, the Foo Fighters are. But uh, Big Me is probably my favorite uh, Foo Fighters song, and that song really played a a pivotal role in uh, my development. And there's always a song I came back to. But when that song... Thank you to talk about it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Good one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good one. I'm not sorry. <laughs> and uh, when that when that song came on on the Skin and Bones album, uh, it wasn't even 30 seconds in, and I was all teary eyed because of just how beautiful I thought it was. Um, and then followed up with the fact that my hero has done so accomplished as well on that album is so well done. So uh, my hero, we're gonna pick, uh, we're gonna play as our outro today, and. Uh, it's off of the Skin and Bones album, which came out in 2006. It's the Foo Fighters. Everyone, enjoy. Use that evidence, racing around. There it is, everyone. Ten tracks, taking that theme of hero and applying it to music. I think we did a good job. Yeah, Monty, you're my hero. You're my hero. Did I ever tell you you were my hero? Did you know you're the wings, the wind beneath my wings? (laughs) I didn't know I was the wings beneath your wind either. The wings beneath my wind. (laughs) 
Now, like, I have the soundtrack of uh, I keep wanting to run like Bonnie Tyler or get yep. like a big win That's right. fan. That's what we missed out on today. That's what we missed out on. We forgot on. about the dramatics of being a superhero. Yep. Next time. And uh, just an FYI for everybody out there, Mary is wearing a cape and I am wearing my underwear <laughs> on the outside of my pants. So He's really, Captain Underpants we today. We really took the, uh, took the theme to heart today. Uh, <laughs> tune back in with us later, everybody, as we continue this journey through music together. Uh, very happy that you're all taking it with us. Um, visit us on our social media, Facebook, Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. Give us some suggestions on what you'd like. Uh, what, what you'd like us to cover, um, and uh, let us know. We got some surprises coming up for you the rest of this year, hopefully to give you some more opportunities to see us uh, maybe live, maybe some more opportunities to come and visit us in the, uh, in, in the studio, and uh, maybe a couple opportunities to have some fan hosts come in and talk as well too. Um, again, thank you very much for all your continued support. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, for Mixed Up with Mary and Monty, I am Monty. And I am Mary. Have a good one. <laughs>